Hello and welcome to the Wall Street Bulls and Bears Main Street Hopes and Fears podcast. We interview top finance and business professionals who share their unique insights and experiences. We also look at the impact on Main Street and invite them and you to connect the dots. My name is Shanaz Joan Parsan. I'm your host, but we do have other hosts from time to time. Let's get started. Good afternoon and welcome to the Wall Street Bulls and Bears Main Street Hopes and Fears podcast. Uh, We're joined today by a number of experienced folks from Dinosaur and another special guest. Uh, We will be welcoming Ed Cordero, who is an established sales executive thriving on building new businesses for growth oriented innovation companies. He has experience working with a number of early stage and startup companies in the green and tech sectors, including hydrogen, solar, IT security, fintech, and a whole lot more. And Jim happens to be a good friend of mine. We're also joined by the CEO and president and director Jim Payne of Dinosaur. He's done a number of incredible things. He serves as the uh, on, on the board of directors of a charitable organization, Lindsay Villages for Families on Autism and is also on the board of directors of a junior Canadian oil and gas producer, Saturn Oil and Gas Incorporated, and is committed to be at the forefront for ESG in the future. Also is Gabby Randawa, who uh, is a professional engineer and a visionary and highly respected professional with extensive background in clean tech technologies with a focus on hydrogen. He holds a master's in engineering degree from the University of New Brunswick. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Hello. Thank you. Real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. You're most welcome. Ed, I'll start off with you. Um, At what stage do you think we are in the market cycle for hydrogen? Well, we're starting to see a shift over the last couple of years. Um, When I was first involved with Dinosaur five years back, People, hydrogen wasn't on the radar. Everybody was talking about electric vehicles. Uh, Nobody was focused on hydrogen except Dinosaur and a couple of other small companies. Um, And the expectation that I I see is we're looking at the growth in hydrogen up until 2050 to cap out at about 680 metric tons by, by 2050. Don't hold me to that prediction because I won't be around. <laughs> uh, and how how specifically does Dinosaur's current technology fit in the cycle? And you guys will know more. And of course, we'll be speaking to Gabby later on. But uh, perhaps uh, uh, technologies that you're currently working on that uh, uh, we won't know about, uh, but you guys know about. Like, how does that fit into this cycle? So, what what Dinosaur does is we are a bridge technology for diesel. We make diesel greener and we also provide economic uh, value by reducing the amount of fuel consumed in engines. Um, So we are an interim solution until the pure hydrogen uh, infrastructure and uh, plants are developed, which will take a number of years. Um, Gavi will talk a little more about that because he's uh, instrumental in taking Dinosaur and helping us move in that direction along with the partnership that uh, we've with our team here. Um, 
So we are at the early stages, I would say, um, and specifically when we went to uh, IAA, uh, which is the largest truck show that they hold in, in Hanover in 2018, uh, everybody was talking about elect electrifying their fleets. Uh, electric trucks were everywhere. Um, to, in 2022, when we went in September, um, there was very little discussion around electrifying the fleets, but we were surrounded by hydrogen fuel cells and a lot of discussion around hydrogen vehicles. So we've seen that shift, but it still is the early days of, of this transition and Dynasert is at, at the edge, at the front edge, edge of that uh, wedge. Thank you, Ed. Um, how did you uh, become involved in hydrogen and not another form of renewable energy? And we've known each other for years. Yes. So uh, I I was introduced to Dynacert uh, around 2017, and I I've always been attracted to leading edge technologies that can have a significant impact in in and and value for people and the markets. Um, as I, you and I were talking earlier, I was involved with hospitals and, and creating operational efficiencies within hospitals, leveraging technologies and so on. Um, and it's, it's about having an impact. And I felt that this was an opportunity to join uh, Dynacert and leveraging their hydrogen strategy to have a significant impact in the market. Very good. Uh, uh, thank you so much. And the biggest challenge, Ed, uh, that you would say in your specific role right now, and um, how are you uh, overcoming it? So the biggest challenge is it's not a plug and play technology. It's you because people want fleets want to validate the impact and benefits of our solution. Uh, so it takes a significant amount of uh, consulting and data analysis. So it's not just a straight plug and away you go, right? So that's the biggest challenge. And we're addressing it by being heavily involved in the customer relationship and, uh, you know, analyzing together with the customer to make sure that they get the optimal results and they, we validate the results with them. Thank you. And the biggest reward? Biggest reward is the impact that we get from customers when, when we see a successful project. And this is global, right, Ed? It's not specific to Canada? Yeah, we, we've, uh, prior to... A year ago, uh, we were in Russia on a, on a major pilot there. Uh, we're no longer involved in Russia, uh, but we are engaged in Asia, Australia, South America, North America, and soon to be Africa, and as well as Europe. We have our op operations in Europe as well. Okay, thank you. And the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months or years, and uh, why uh, do you think uh, those came as surprises? Uh, well, the actually the biggest surprise is the momentum we've gained in the yellow iron market, which is the mining and the oil patch. Um, we have significant interest and commitment from those customers in the oil patch and in the mines, um, and that's that was a surprise because I originally thought it would be transportation primarily, um, and then we we developed when we saw the opportunity in the in the mining sector we've developed solutions to accommodate uh, that sector and serve that market. As you can see the truck behind me,
No, thanks for that. And is it uh, also reversed? Like, have they approached you uh, uh, other than you approaching them? Have you seen interest uh, from them, like, uh, towards more, um, you know, green initiatives, if you will? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and with with them, it's not so much the economic value of our solution. It's the uh, ESG emissions reduction, carbon reductions objectives that they have. Uh, that has driven the interest and the approach approaching us. Thanks so much, Ed. Jim, I'm gonna to turn to you. Uh, can you tell us how did you become involved in DynCert? Sure. So uh, going back in the future, going back in the past, I was introduced to this company before it ever went public. Uh, I was introduced to the original technology. Uh, the company back then was called Dynamic Fuel Systems. And what we have as a hydrogen today was called the Jetstar. I was, I was very excited. I was sold on the concept uh, because I saw what it could potentially do. Uh, between myself, family, and friends, we invested the first $5 million in this company, uh, like I said, before it even went public, uh, because I saw it as a huge opportunity. You know, I watched the company struggle and, and go on for several years uh, until I until it got to the point where I, I was sort of at a crossroads. The company was either going to fail or I had to step in and help turn this company around. Now, the one thing I've been good at my whole life, because this is what I have done my whole entire life, is put teams together to find a target, put teams together to get there. And that's the one thing I'm very proud of that I did here at Dinosaur. Uh, you know, you look at the team we've got, you look at the team, every, everything from the sales to the, to the management, to the people that are working in the manufacturing, to our research and development, uh, we've got an unbelievable team. We've got probably, you know, one of the most experienced teams in the hydrogen economy today. And that's what really excites me. Thank you. And uh, what does the future hold for Dynasert? Well, I firmly believe the future is huge. Uh, I have invested everything into this company because I strongly believe in the future. I believe that, uh, like Ed said, the technology we have today, our hydrogen units are a bridge to the hydrogen economy. Now, I believe that's a very large bridge, a very long bridge, uh, but it is a technology that today collectively with our collective intelligence here at Dinosert has developed units that are doing a great job. I mean, they improve the fuel economy, they reduce the emissions. And I think we all understand that we had to make a difference in this world to start reducing the emissions. And that's the one thing that we have We've got a technology today that will adopt any internal combustion engine and enhance the enhance the burn, but more importantly, reduce the toxic emissions north of 50%. That's incredible. So where do you think the industry is headed and some things to tackle before it becomes uh, more mainstream? Because uh, um, our viewers and uh, we're, we've done our research uh, in the industry, so you and I are more familiar with the uh, industry, but if you talk to somebody on the street, uh, they would think it's so far out, you know, like um, it's uh, it's a very long way um, before becoming mainstream. What would you uh, say to that? Well, I would say that, like I said, it, it, it's still, it's a very large bridge, but, you know, you look at where it's going and where it's headed today. I mean, the world has, especially over the last year, has really awakened to the fact that hydrogen you know, is the future. And I have believed that my whole life or certainly long before I ever got into dinosaurs. I strongly believe in the hydrogen economy. I believe that you know, with what's happening today and certainly with 
the collaboration we just you know just joined up with cypher neutron and gabby will talk a little bit or talk more about this after but you know the green hydrogen is in my mind without a without a shadow of doubt the future you know like you look at internal combustion engines and stuff like that if you burn hydrogen what do you end up with i mean you start with water you fracture the water you create hydrogen you burn the hydrogen it reverts back to water it's a perfect solution Okay, thank you. And um, how do you continue to learn to stay on top of things within your role beyond your uh, own team? And uh, I understand they're amazing. I know a few of them. Uh, but how do you stay uh, on top of it? Do you go to conferences? Do you talk to um, how, how do you do it? Oh, I go to I go to conferences, I am continually uh, trying to improve my education. But I also something I learned many, many years ago, you got to continually reflect on the past. Look at look at the past. Look at look at both the success and the failure. Analyze it and then determine you know how to move forward. So I do that. I live by these little stories, and everybody knows you know anybody that knows me. There's one thing I clearly say all the time: you can't hit a target you can't see. Now by defining that, I define the target, and then we determine okay how do we move towards that target. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, along that, uh, those lines and uh, tie into something, uh, you know, Ed uh, said, you guys uh, came across mining and oil and gas. Are there other industries that uh, came as a surprise that you didn't think of that would be a target, but it just came about? I'm not going to say it came as a surprise. I mean, it was something that, I mean, we started out probably with the toughest market going. We started out with the Class A trucks or the transport trucks. You talk to the trucking industry, I mean, they have been inundated forever. Put this in your tires, put this in your wheels, put this in your oil, put this in your gas, shove this up your tailpipe. They're always trying to improve the fuel economy. So, I mean, that was a very, very tough, tough road to go down. And uh, certainly with our Hydrolytica now, uh, you know, where it's data driven, they can see in real time, you know, the, the best performance. But from there, you know, yes, we've moved into mining, uh, you know, we are now, we've actually got our first pilot project going in the rail, you know, and to me, railway is, is another massive market, but then, you know, I look at shipping and it's, it's interesting, Shanaz, you know, we all get so hung up on, you know, EV and cars and electric cars. You take one container ship, one single container ship per year, puts out the equivalent of 50 million cars in pollution. You know, so that's that's where that's where we you know see ourselves going. Okay, and um, if you could talk about what's been the biggest failure in the last year or two, and why you think that happened, and how it can be avoided going um, forward. Yeah, I mean, the biggest failure in the last couple of years, I would say, is certainly, uh, and I'm not going to say it's a failure. I mean, it affected the whole entire world, and we got hit with COVID. I mean, everybody got hit with this pandemic. And it was devastating. I mean, it devastated the world. It's not just us. Uh, I thank the good Lord that we were in a financial position to ride that storm and ride that wave. And during that time, although we could not be out selling units, we could not be manufacturing because the manufacturing was shut down. We were able to keep research and development going. And so we really, really advanced thing in research and development to advance our product line or the mining equipment and stuff like that that adds uh, talking about, you know, it, it's funny. I look at that truck that's behind it. You see that little yellow box up there. Uh, that's our unit. I mean, it's 
if that unit is actually the size of a small deep freeze, but you put it on a truck and it's small, it, it looks very tiny. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a challenge, uh, but we've overcame that challenge. We've rolled the storm, and uh, and I believe we're coming out very strong. Thank you, Jim. What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? So not just uh, in uh, um, at Dinosert, but over the span of your impressive career. Well, I would say the most important thing I probably learned is never give up. You know, I mean, stick to itiveness to me is is everything. Collective intelligence, you know, surround yourself with a whole lot of people that are smarter than you. But I, I've got all Winston Churchill's books here, and I, I love reason, reading his stories. But one of the things, you know, uh, or two of the things he said that really stick out to me, number one was, you know, a pessimist, never, a pessimist sees the difficulties in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. But the other thing he said, and this thing is really, you know, I believe shadowed our entire company. It says, we shall go, we shall go forward together. The road upward is stony. There are upon our journey dark and dangerous valleys through which we will have to make and fight our way. But it is sure and certain that we will persevere. We shall persevere. We shall come through these dark and dangerous valleys into a sunlight broader and more genial and more lasting than mankind has ever known. And I believe that is a perfect vision of dinosaur. Thank you so much, Jim. I'm also a big uh, Churchill fan, so thank you. We're going to shift to uh, Gabby. So, um, Gabby, can you explain to our listeners what's the difference between green, gray, and blue hydrogen? I sure. Um, um, so, um, so one of the you know very common question is you know why everybody's talking about green hydrogen today? Uh, what kind of hydrogen that we use every day? And you know one of the other thing is that where do we use hydrogen? So starting from the different, different types of hydrogen, um, the traditional hydrogen that we use every day, even more than 95% of the hydrogen that we use today is called gray hydrogen. So the gray hydrogen actually comes from natural gas. There's a process called steam methane reforming or SMR process uh, that use heat, pressure, and some catalyst to break down natural gas into carbon dioxide and hydrogen. So as a byproduct, we produce carbon dioxide. It's also called dirty. Well, that's why it's called dirty hydrogen because every kilogram of hydrogen produced by steam methane reforming produces more than 10 kilograms of carbon dioxide, um, which questions the, the fact that we all talk about hydrogen economy, uh, but not using green hydrogen. So uh, then we have blue hydrogen. Uh, during the process of gray hydrogen, uh, in the steam methane reformers. Uh, if we were to capture the carbon dioxide produced and then um, move it somewhere else under the ground or in you know store it somewhere um, so that it does not go into the atmosphere, um, that the hydrogen produced through that process will call, is called blue hydrogen. Uh, blue hydrogen is considered, a uh, bit better from gray hydrogen. And some people even call this as a bridge uh, that will carry on until the gray hydro green hydrogen is there. Uh, green hydrogen is what uh, we do at uh, Dinosert and at Cypher Neutron. Uh, green hydrogen is a type of hydrogen that is produced from water electrolysis. Uh, you might remember during the chemistry classes in our school, uh, there were you know little projects of 
uh, having, uh, you know, a positive and ne negative side of a battery into water and breaking the water into hydrogen and oxygen gases. Uh, during that process, we do not have any uh, carbon dioxide produced. So that type of hydrogen is called green hydrogen. Um, and green hydrogen is uh, the future. That's what we strongly believe. Um, and, uh, you know, this is what we're expecting the, the market for the green hydrogen to grow exponentially in the next coming years. Thank you, Gabby. Um, you've developed uh, AEM electrolysis. How's that different? And what are the advantages and even disadvantages, if you will? Yeah, so uh, starting from the from the green hydrogen, because as, as, as I mentioned, we are into green hydrogen business. Uh, there are um, existing technologies that produce green hydrogen, and the oldest one is called alkaline electrolyzer. Uh, the example I gave during our chemistry class is, is actually alkaline electrolyzers. Uh, these electrolyzers are bulky. Uh, these electrolyzers produce green hydrogen very inefficiently. Um, so to overcome that challenge from last 20, 30 years, um, scientists across the globe they developed PAM electrolyzers, proton exchange membrane electrolyzers. Uh, so the PAM electrolyzers, uh, they, they, they produce hydrogen at much more uh, efficient rate, uh, efficiency at much more efficiently. And um, however, they use some precious metals, actually uh, platinum group metals uh, to manufacture these PEM electrolyzers. Um, at Dynacert, and at Cypher Neutron, jointly we have developed five kilowatt AEM electrolyzers, um, and we have combined the good sides of both electrolyzers, uh, meaning alkaline electrolyzers and PAM electrolyzers. Um, we have produced a hybrid solution called AEM electrolyzer that makes green hydrogen uh, much more efficiently without using any precious metals. So in our electrolyzers, we do not use any uh, uh, metal that comes from mining. So uh, this is, well, the hydrogen that we produce is actually green because uh, we use non-precious metals. Um, we are different than the PAM electrolyzers and alkaline electrolyzers. Um, we, are, we have engineered unique solution, unique design um, that produces green hydrogen at cheaper price, and the electrolyzers we we are making are will be affordable in the market at uh, at a much more affordable prices. Okay, and what's the market uh, for AEM? Um, market for AEM is same as green hydrogen. Um, a multi-billion-dollar market is expected for green hydrogen in 2025, and it's supposed to grow exponentially. Uh, one of the major hurdles in green hydrogen or hydrogen economy is, as as we, as we, as I said, I mean, is um, the price for green hydrogen and the price for electrolyzers to produce green hydrogen. Uh, with our AEM solution, we produce green hydrogen more efficiently by reducing, uh, thus reducing the price per kilogram, and also uh, the fact that we use non-precious metals. It also uh, we also slash down the electrolyzer prices. So this is this explained the, the, the AEM market. So anywhere we use green hydrogen, our AEM electrolyzers will be used to produce such hydrogen. Okay. And um, uh, can you tell us uh, what uh, a reversible fuel cell does and what are some of the advantages of that? 
Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, on top of doing um, AEM electrolyzers, we are also into reversible fuel cells. Um, reversible fuel cells are actually is a system that can act as an electrolyzer and also as a fuel cell. Um, and I, as Ed was mentioning that IAA and other seminars now or any other uh, conferences, uh, there are two things now very common. One is electrolyzers and the other one is uh, fuel cell. Um, electrolyzer, as we know, produces hydrogen and the fuel cell actually use that hydrogen to make electricity. So we have developed a system called diversible fuel cell uh, that is a two-in-one system and it can produce hydrogen in its E mode and then we have FC mode we call it in the same system and it can use that stored hydrogen um, to make electricity. Uh, so this is kind of a um, this is set to revolutionize the industry and uh, you know we it will be used as backup power system in future. We have unique we are the first company in the world to use uh, RFC coupled with graphene storage. So basically what we're doing is we are producing hydrogen from RFC in its E mode and we're storing that hydrogen in graphene slurry uh, in a non-compressed fashion. Um, and then we use that same hydrogen in the same system to produce electricity. So it's like a, like a power backup system. And we strongly believe in the next coming years um, it will be a big challenge to lithium-ion batteries. Okay, thank you, uh, Gabby. What's a, a common myth about hydrogen that needs to be overcome? I sort of asked uh, Jim this earlier, but what's your take on that? Um, I think when it comes to uh, big-scale hydrogen production, there, there are different myths, uh, myths about it. Uh, one of the big one is um, that hydrogen cannot replace natural gas, and which by the way, now, especially in the European countries, we the scientists have proven it wrong. Um, now we're using up to 15% of hydrogen and we're mixing it with natural gas to um, you know, replace natural gas. Um, and other myth is that hydrogen uh, is, is dangerous or explosive and which we all know, I mean, natural gas is same. So I think um, you know, with with the with the techniques that we have today, with the technology that we have today, uh, hydrogen use is very uh, safe, and um, there are multiple projects now uh, going around the globe um, using um, compressed and non-compressed hydrogen. Thank you, Gabby. Um, what's one thing about your job or field of expertise that? Uh... Almost no one agrees with you with, uh, even uh, uh, say Jim or Ed, or <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> so, uh, I would say um, uh, there's well, being in the hydrogen industry, we 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 talk you know hydrogen almost every day. So there are certain uh, things that we argue on, and I think if I have to say one thing that uh, not many people believe um, is number one is green hydrogen. I strongly believe will be cheaper than gray hydrogen, because right now gray hydrogen is uh, priced almost a dollar uh, per kg and green hydrogen prices are much higher than that. And I strongly believe uh, with with the, you know in, with new inventions, with increasing the efficiency of electrolyzers and uh, bringing down the electrolyzer prices uh, will slash the hydrogen, green hydrogen prices below gray hydrogen. Thank you, uh, Gabby. And other than uh, this and what we talked about, what are some other things that you are researching right now? 
could be related to hydrogen or, uh, you know, directly or indirectly related. Yeah, we, 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 everything we're doing right now is in hydrogen and we are talking about hydrogen economy. Um, and I think I will still, you know, go back to Ed's quote. Five years ago, nobody was talking about hydrogen. They were talking about electrifying buses. They were talking about everything but hydrogen right now. And good thing is the fact that Dynasert is researching in, in, in hydrogen from last 20 years now, or we've been involved with hydrogen from last 20 years. Um, this is the momentum now. And we, we are doing several things, including hydrogen storage, um, better AEM electrolyzers, because there's room for F, room for improvement in everything. And uh, yeah, we, we're doing, um, you know, AEMs, reversible fuel cells. Uh, we're doing um, hydrogen storage, uh, backup systems. So more futuristic things. And I, I believe there's certain unknown things that we don't know yet. And we will, you know, be, you know, we, we're trying, well, we will stay um, at forefront of research and development, and we will be coming up with more products um, in hydrogen industry. Thank you so much, Gabby. Ed, I uh, wanted to ask you, what's a good book you're reading uh, uh, these days? Uh, well, actually, a, a very good friend introduced me a couple of weeks back to a book called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, uh, and it's captured my attention. Uh, it talks about uh, how we can dare greatly and rise strongly at your work. Um, the book starts with a speech that Theodore Roosevelt uh, made in 1910 in, in Paris. Um, and the speech is commonly known as the man in the arena. And uh, in, in his speech, he was rallying against the critics who do nothing but complain and point out all the failures of the, those that are in the arena with blood and dirt and sweat on their face, risking everything, uh, with the with and being vulnerable uh, in the in the risking, they're vulnerable to have the worst defeats, but they also have they're vulnerable to achieve the greatest results and victories. And uh, she she applies that to business and and rising at work. So it's a great book. Uh, she's got some great TED talks as well. Uh, so that's the one that's captured captured me over the last couple of weeks and I'm partway through. Thank you so much, uh, um, uh, Jim. I'll uh, give the last word for you. Uh, if you had an extra 20 million bucks, either in budget or you could just uh, spend it, where would you spend it and why? And where might you tell somebody else to spend that <laughs> if they had 20 million bucks uh, just lying around? That's that's a great question. And uh, honestly, if, if it was personally, if I had $20 million, I would invest it in dinosaur. I really strongly believe in the future of Dinosert. Uh, if Dinosert, you know, uh, I mean, we would continue down the road with doing and really expand on the uh, the research and development and the uh, and the, in the future of green hydrogen. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Any question uh, that I haven't asked that you wish that I had asked? Anyone? Uh, one comment that I want to make in addition to what Jim just said, um, and in the last discussion I had about the, that speech about the, the man in the arena, both these gentlemen are in the arena every day and they've got the blood, dirt and sweat on their faces um, in spite of the critics. Thank you so much, Gabby. Any last comments? Uh, yeah, I think I uh, just wanted to talk about, you know, um, I think um, I was, you know, because you we were reading about, you know, we were talking about reading books. I came across and in a very famous uh, proverb from, you know, American 
is that we are we do not inherit the land or the earth from our ancestors we are borrowing it from our children so i think this is what we uh, all believe in cipher neutron and in dinosert and this is this is our goal to 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 you know have a sustainable world for the next or upcoming generations Thank you so much, uh, Gavi, Ed, Jim. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. I'm so honored. Um, thanks so much, and I hope uh, you can come back again. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Shinoj. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for listening to the Wall Street Bulls and Bears Main Street Hopes and Fears podcast. We hope you tune in again next week.